You're listening to Inside the Athletic Mind with your hosts, Taylor Cook and Lauren Williams. Welcome back to another episode of Inside the Athletic Mind, where we dig deep and shed light on the mental side of sports for female athletes and coaches by having open conversations about mental health, mindset, and performance. Welcome back to another episode, everybody. Before we get started in today's episode, we just want to leave a trigger warning for folks that this episode will contain content and discussion about sexual abuse, sexual assault, and sexual harassment. So if this is a triggering subject for you, feel free to hit pause and we can reconnect with you guys next week. Um, But this week, we're going to be talking about the Hockey Canada scandal that has been blowing up the news in the past couple months and more aggressively in the past weeks as more information comes to light about the cover-up and just how deeply toxic this hockey culture is. And we're also going to go ahead and drop a couple podcast recommendations that we feel did a really great job laying out the facts of the cases in question. So if you would like to learn more about that, head on over to The Gist of It, Uh, episode 194 hockey culture still trash the latest on hockey canada and you can also go ahead and check out the steve dangle podcast with adam wilde and jesse blake they actually interview rick westhead on the ongoing investigations from hockey canada as well and as always we're going to ask you guys to go ahead and leave a rating review on whatever platform you listen to us on. And we really do want to see more shares happening, especially on this episode, because it's such a hot topic and it really does need to be addressed. And the more people that hear about this, the more people are talking about it, then the more likely we're going to see some sort of change happening, a change that is desperately needed in this hockey culture. So please, please, please share with your friends, share on social, tag us on Instagram at Inside the Athletic Mind, and of course, leave us a rating and review to help grow the podcast to reach more listeners just like yourself. Welcome back to another episode, everybody. Um, We have to give a little bit of a trigger warning to kick off the episode here. We are going to be talking about uh, sexual assault, sexual harassment, um, and obviously, Anybody in the hockey world knows that this is all tied to um, the Hockey Canada scandal that has come to light in the past, well, months, but also this past week. Everything's gotten a little bit more intense as other allegations have come to light from the 2003 World Junior Team. Um, but yes, yeah, so this episode, we're going to be talking all about um, the toxic culture in hockey and then also, um, you know, how do we work to address this? Um, obviously, this is not going to be a simple or straightforward conversation because it is pretty pretty convoluted in the, in the sense that nobody really knows what's happened. Um, I think we can all agree that Taki Kanda has been less than professional with handling everything that's happened in regards to any sort of sexual assault cases, any anything like that. But yeah. Let's let's get into it here. And I think it's also important to to point out that like you and I, we both have our own biases on on how we interact with this kind of information. Um and I can like firmly say that these are like they're my beliefs. Um I I by no means try to speak for other women 
or intend to even attempt to know how other women feel in this, like with this topic and in the grand scheme of things. But I do believe that staying silent on this kind of stuff is ridiculous. I think it, it, tells it would be negligent to not talk about this topic. Absolutely. Because one in three women in their lifetime is going to suffer from some type of sexual assault, harassment, whatever you want to call it. So that's 30% mm-hmm. of the population. And I can think of some, some major podcasts in hockey right now that are not talking about it. And silence is deafening. And I think it's our responsibility to talk about it, even if it's not necessarily you know, pleasant to talk about. No, no, you're, you're absolutely right. Like it's not pleasant to talk about, but it's even worse to not talk about it because it's quite clearly the elephant in the room and just letting it sit there is not going to further the conversation of what the fuck do we do to address such a systemically problematic issue? Cause it's not just hockey yeah. Canada, right? Like we talked about this it's happening in other organizations as well. We saw it happen with the Chicago Blackhawks and Kyle Beach. And we've also seen it happen in other sports too. When we talk about, um, is it the, the U.S. gymnast team and everything that went on behind the scenes there, right? Like it's not just limited to hockey, but we do know that there is a culture of silence when it comes to the hockey world and a lot of these scenarios. And that is something that we really want to kind of break the mold on because it's not okay one for these things to happen but two if these things happen to not talk about them because everybody deserves to have justice in this situation and I mean yeah well let's let's just kind of dive in here I guess so where do we where do we begin honestly um great question because this this is an issue that stems further back than any of the examples that we're going to provide um but I think we can talk about the two major incidents in question um, under scrutiny right now with with Hockey Canada. First off, the the 2003 incident um, after involving a World Juniors team, and then also uh, the 2017-2018 incident that occurred at the Hockey Canada Gala, um, where in both cases it appeared like obviously we're not the fact finders of this, but uh, media media sources have reported that there have been at least half a dozen players involved in a group sexual assault of a young woman in both cases. Um, It's obviously, I think anytime that we hear about this, especially in the game of hockey in life, anywhere that you hear about this, it's terrible, right? But the thing that's really disturbing about this, aside from what actually happened, because that is disgusting on a whole other level that I can't put into words. Disturbing. Yeah. Um, The systematic cover-up of it is what Mm -hmm. is really bothering me as somebody who was almost a member of of a Hockey Canada team, as somebody who idolized everybody in that organization to hear that, um, you know, following an investigation into a sexual assault, um, Hockey Canada chose to use money from a fund the equity fund is that that what it was called yeah it's called the national equity fund but for for our case i think we can just call it canada's slush fund um they use money from registration fees so when your kid signs up in a um, canada program of any sort which hockey canada program does that not include minor league like your your town league your town hometown team i'm pretty sure it does yeah yeah. So Hockey Canada has their fingers in all of the the like 
your your city teams, your your local hometown team, right? If your kid's signing up to play hockey, they're paying a Hockey Canada registration fee. They used money from those fees to fill this slush fund, which they then took money from that fund and paid off one of the women involved in the 1718 incident so that she wouldn't talk about it. So equity, equity at its finest, like, come on. Mm -hmm. The equity fund. Yeah. I'm sure that's a really great name for it. Yeah. But I think I read somewhere that they paid her out three point something. 3.55 million. So over 15 million in it at one point, I'm pretty sure it's something that I read. Yeah. And is it safe to assume that there was probably a precedent for this? Yeah, I would say so. Like, the don't just time. decide to randomly do this for the first time um, at such a high, like, price point, I think. Um, I don't think it's something new by any means. And I mean, I mean, we've seen it happen in other sports as well, too, right? But mm-hmm. I mean, even for myself, like, I know of a a guy from my hometown who was in the O and he came up on charges of sexual assault and was never found guilty of it i have no idea whether or not he is obviously but um i know just how tarnishing that entire court case was for his career and like him as a person obviously hockey canada is willing to fork out 3.55 million to cover the asses of and reputations of what was it like seven or eight players that were involved in the act of sexually assaulting one woman yeah and and i think like to to talk about um the culture that seems to be present in hockey like you're talking about this example of a player in the ohl when i was growing up in windsor there was an incident with the windsor spitfires of the ohl um where a obviously he became a former player really quick mm-hmm. um he was found guilty of sexually assaulting a 16-year-old girl in a bathroom in a bar. He was 22. Jesus. Yeah. So like to get to, to what I think we're going to spend a lot of this episode talking about is like this idea of culture change. And I remember you saying like, hey, we need to talk about this. And immediately I was like, like, I don't, because here's the thing. And I'm going to probably read the the rant that I sent to, to Taylor. Oh yeah, please do. Please do. Um, here's the thing. I have no idea how to fix this kind of culture. I have, I have no idea how we shift the mindset of a guy who thinks that it's okay to do this. I don't know how to improve the old boys club culture that seems to be ever present in hockey. Um, something that we have to acknowledge is that sexual assault happens in the workplace and in sports every single day. We know that, um, it's how we handle it that that matters because clearly I don't know how we're going to stop people from doing this. But here's where like my whole thing about not being sure how to address this culture change part comes from is I don't know how we get it through some of these heads is never going to be okay. And that inviting seven of your teammates to your hotel room after you've slept with someone with the intention of all of you doing something without her consent is disgusting. And to pay her off with kids registration money, I don't I don't even know where to start. I don't even know where to start. And I and like I'm saying this as somebody who like looks at Hockey Canada and I have been a part of it for my my whole life almost. I have been a registered member of Hockey Canada for my whole hockey career. I love the organization. I really do. I've been a part of it for 20 something years. I I would love to work with them in the future, but like this needs to be changed. Yeah, it does. And 
you know, one of the things that I was wondering, and, you know, I think it's in tomorrow that a bunch of um, executive level members of Hockey Canada have to go before court and testify um, for, I believe it's, well, it's one of the two cases that we're talking about in question here, but there's no way that they didn't know, right? Like they knew what they were doing when this happened. They knew that they were yeah. using this money to silence somebody to protect the reputation of their players and the organization itself, right? So why is it that they can condone and allow this to happen and still keep their jobs? Like Hockey Canada needs to be wiped clean. They need to have new people put in place. They need to be doing background checks on these people. And they also need to be way more transparent with one, how they're using their money, and two, what they're doing within the organization to address this entire issue, which yeah. I know they just like quite literally, like thinks like an hour ago, released this action plan to address Hockey Canada's issues, which at least it's a start to something. But until I see words put to action, like to me, it just seems like the only reason that this is happening is because they got caught. Yeah. Like what would have, what would have happened if this didn't come to light again? Like it would have just continued to function as is business as usual. Yeah. Because it's not broken. Don't fix it. Right. Well, well the fact of the matter is it yeah, is broken right. and it needs to be fixed. Yeah. Well, and then, and when did, when did everything come out about the, the Chicago Blackhawks player? I believe Let me just look here. it okay. was in 2021. Oh, so during a pandemic. Yeah, yeah. Had to have known that change was coming. Like when something like that happens and we start having a conversation about this and I think about all these people come forward with stories of, of something similar happening. And I just really, I don't know. I don't have words. So I can't find them right now. I'm, I'm disappointed well, a- deeply with an organization that I put a lot of trust in. Um, I mean, Hockey Canada's broken trust with hockey players, hockey parents, hockey coaches throughout the entire country because I would like to think that majority of the people involved in Hockey Canada would not allow or condone something like this to happen and it's the people who are at the top who are trying to protect their precious reputations and the reputation of the organization that chose to do this when no one else really like the majority would not have done so right like I mean I've seen so much outrage on Facebook on Instagram everybody's saying you know they need to to wipe the the committee completely clean and start new, have different people in there, not just old white dudes, um, mm. the old boys club, like you would say. But you know, like you're talking about people sharing sharing stories, and I'm going to share one of mine. It's not like super intense, um, but I just want to do this to show like it doesn't matter how severe it is or how little it is. It needs to be talked about so basically my first year of junior um I was 17 years old and this was like a whole new world for me like I got access to personal training and great coaching and one-on-one coaching for like goalie clinics and stuff like that and that's something that I had never ever had access to before so I was working with our goalie coach for our team and I for the first time and I don't know like probably ever had had the opportunity to go and get some new gear so I asked my goalie coach like hey can you like meet me at hockey life so you can help me like go through like the whole gear sizing shit and like right anyway um so yeah we did went there everything was great 
And then on the way home, I got a text from this guy and it said, I guess you don't put out on the first day, huh? Disgusting. Keeping in mind that this man was well over 30 years old. He also worked for an NHL organization. And I was thinking at that time, like, that is like, why would he send something like that to me? And then I just kind of like, didn't say anything, didn't react, kind of like laughed it off almost like, uh, Mm -hmm. like, eh, that's really uncomfortable. Um, But then you know, looking back now, there were days where I had early morning practice where it was just me and him at the rink at like 6am and nobody else was around. And he like had come into the change room and he was saying like, oh, is it okay for me to come in? And like, I was dressed or whatever. So I like didn't, didn't really think of it. Like I was like, okay, whatever. But like looking back, like that was such a vulnerable position to put myself in because yes, even right. though like I trusted this guy, you literally never know what can happen. So it's better to be safe than sorry, first of all. Um, yeah. And then it, you know, I think it was a couple years later that it actually came out in the news that he had been, to, or he went to prison because he was sending inappropriate pictures to minors. So he was caught sending a nude to a 13 year old girl, 13 year old girl. And obviously the, the organization in NHL dropped him right away, obviously. And as did every organization as well. Right. But still like it shouldn't, what I, what I'm trying to say here is like, if it's happening to you, it's likely happening to somebody else. So that is why we need to break this whole idea of like not talking about things just because they're uncomfortable or just because you think that you might get in trouble or something like that, because if it's happening to you, it's happening to somebody else. Yeah, no, absolutely. Like think, and I mean, we can go back to the, to the stat, right? One in three women, 30% are going to, are going to experience something either similar to what you just described or worse. Yeah. I mean, I think I got, uh, I don't want to say lucky because that's definitely not what it was, but like, it could have been a lot worse. Right. And basically we want to make sure that that doesn't happen to any other young women or men because obviously it does happen to both genders yeah and there's even more silence on the other side of it right because guys can't talk about it there's this whole this whole thing and this is like part of why i don't know how to fix it it's like what is this this toxic masculinity that's going on it prevents people from speaking up and it empowers people to do really horrible things yeah and like in the the hockey canada memo that got sent out it's like a 19 page document outlining you know, future steps and their action plan, as they're calling it. Um, One of them is to increase education on several different topics, including masculinity. And I think that like, yeah, as it should, like we have to acknowledge that that's, it has to be at the root of what's going on here. There Mm -hmm. has been one population of people protected throughout this entire like sexual assault story that we have going on. And it's the men. In the equation and the majority of the time it's it's men protecting men well and here's the thing for me so like like i said they've put out this action plan they've got like pen to paper steps that they're going to be taking moving forward um but i want to know like does this apply to everybody in the organization does this apply to the executives as well because it talks here about language and how like it can be uh how it can cause harm or like masculinity and moving away from outdated stereotypes, like the continuum of harm, including like how things like anti-women jokes and sharing nude pictures are harmful and can form a continuum up to sexual assault, like consent. What did that, what does that look like? Like it needs to be going through 
all levels of Hockey Canada, not just to the junior level players, because quite clearly that is the the group of players that have at least been caught or, you know, reported for this kind of behavior. But like leadership starts at the top, guys. Yeah, no, it does. We talk about that all the time. Like if it's so hard to teach other people leadership when the message that they're getting from the top is the exact opposite. Yeah. And like, we're not in the culture of like, do as I say and not as I do anymore. Like, I think we're a little bit past that now. Yeah. Yeah. So I think, I think it's, it's good to see that they've, they've put together this action plan. And I think it sounds like they've got some really good, um, how do I put this like fail safes, you know, like they're, they're bringing in third party, third, third party, third party (laughs) evaluators. Um, well, they've been calling for that for a long time, like to have third party investigations to go through all this stuff, because you can't have a bias when it comes to investigating your own, your own organization. And they're, they're within your organization, right? Like, you probably know them or know of them and have, you know, invested in their development and all this kind of stuff. And you've heard their stories. So of course you want to protect them. Like, of course you do, but these, do they deserve to be protected after that is the question here. Right. No, for sure. For sure. But like, that's where this old boys club thing comes in is that, oh, it doesn't matter what they did. What matters is the fact that we need to protect them and keep them from getting scrutinized and keep them. They have great futures ahead of them. Okay. Somebody else's future. Great. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Well, and then, okay. So just out of curiosity, I want to know your, your, what your opinion is on this. So from the 2003 group, almost everybody on that team went on to play in the NHL, which means there's at least half a dozen guys in the NHL that were involved in something like this. Now, Mm -hmm. assuming that this investigation does actually go somewhere and they're able to like figure out who was involved in this type of violence what repercussions should they be facing it's criminal i know it is is it gonna get treated that way do you know what i mean though yeah i know i know but like why why is it why is it because you know they're professional hockey players that we're treating them differently it shouldn't be but that's how it is which goes back to your your topic of like this whole um what was it like masculine superiority complex yeah it's like oh yeah i'm a professional athlete i can do whatever i want to do I'm a- no you can't no you can't just because you are like recognized for being absolutely great at one thing does not mean that you are now privileged to everything that you want or everything that you believe you deserve no i don't and that's the part that i don't don't yet i don't understand it who's empowering people to feel like they have this because they learn it from something they learn it from someone and that's that's the challenge though right like and that's exactly why hockey canada needs to be doing these like education and training programs not just for men for women as well on the same topics so it is equality across the board everybody is getting the same amount of training everybody is getting the proper training at least so that they can you know not that not that they should have to learn that that's not something that you should do I think that's just yeah I could go there like I especially for like the 2003 incident I'm just like absolutely appalled at what happened I the the 2017-2018 one is also appalling in its own way but I mean like as far as I'll get into this so that people have context is there's multiple reports of a video showing a female face up on a pool table who's non-responsive that's as far as that's all the information you need to go like along with the fact that there were how many other players in the room Mm, approximately six is what most of the articles I've read have been saying approximately six 
So, and you know what, like, I, like I was saying to you earlier, um, one of the guys who was on that, that team that year, he actually wrote a book, like a memoir titled all the way where he discussed his experiences playing for Canada at the world juniors. And there's even parts in that book where it includes like how the team was made up of quote, horny young men and like, quote, it wasn't just one-on-one action a few of the guys would get a couple of girls after practice and head into one of like one room and that was enough said it's just like uh it it, like even talking about this like it just makes me feel a little sick to my stomach because i've known people who have suffered from sexual assault and it happens everywhere it happens every single day and i want to like make it clear that it's not and i and you know what actually here's here's what i here's what i can say is like people have to understand that your your actions impact other people not just today not just tomorrow but potentially for the rest of their life and is it just a blatant disregard for how their actions impact other people like is that what's going on here is their sense of superiority so strong that they think that whatever they do somebody's just going to be grateful for it because they're so awesome like, no if you if you've never been in a situation where choice is removed from you where you don't get a say in what happens if you've never been in that like i don't even i don't i don't even want to attempt to describe it because it's terrible no you're right it's it's revolting there's really no other way to say that and like the only way to fix this moving forward is to make sure that every organization is held to a top standard yeah because like i said this isn't just a hockey thing this is happening in all sports it's also happening outside of sport as well. Um, it's it's really disturbing to think that, that it is one in three. Um, but the only way forward is to break the silence around this topic, regardless of how small or severe any sort of sexual assault or harassment was towards you, whether you're a man or a woman mm-hmm. or non-binary. It doesn't matter. You need to bring it forward and make it known because it's not okay yeah and i mean like you just mentioned one of the populations of individuals that's like most often subject to sexual assault and violence that's like non-gender trans trans community yeah i think the other part of of what we need to talk about too is like we need to empower the people that aren't doing this stuff because there are plenty of really really great human beings there are plenty of great hockey players who read these articles and are having the exact same reaction as us. They're like, that's disgusting. It's revolting. I don't understand it. I don't identify with anything that's going on in that mindset that says that's okay. But even, even in the book, like that example, we knew that it was going on and it still happened. How do we empower guys like him to have conversations with their buddies and say like, what are you doing? You know what? Like, I'm not going to judge women for what they want to do. That's what you want to do. Then. Okay. But also if you withdraw consent at any point, that's also okay. And that is your right. Yeah, 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 exactly. Like if you're like halfway through going something going on, you say, no, no, like, I don't want to do this anymore. Then. Okay. Like that's it. Right. You were saying there was um, like a, a video of a girl who had said that she was okay with this and that everything was like fine. But then afterwards had come forward and said like, no, like I wasn't okay with this. I felt like, you know, like. Yeah. And I said that on camera because I felt scared for, I felt like I was going to get beat up basically. Yeah. So if you're going to give consent to doing something with a group of people, like 
Okay, that's, that's your choice. <laughs> that's not the, the group problem. Of people is not that. I'm not here to to judge your morality. No, not at all. Yeah. But the issue is like if you're not okay with something, you need to say it. And yeah. I can understand like if you're in like a room full of guys and something's going on and and you're scared and you just kind of go with it like but at the end of the day, like, yeah. And that's like the other part of, of empowering women to be able to say it right. To know that you are worth more than whatever is going on. Oh, absolutely. Oh my goodness. You are you more are than just your worthy. body. Like, I think that's what ends up coming up for a lot of survivors, right. As they really struggle with self-worth afterwards, they feel like they're worthless. They feel like they, they feel ashamed. Yeah. yeah. And I'm I'm trying to, to backtrack a little bit on this conversation because I had a point. Now I've forgotten about it. But I just and you know what we you know what I can relate this to? Okay, so I I'm coaching now and we have a, a group of, of very young, you know, freshmen coming in. And I think that it's important for us to have a conversation with them about it. Absolutely. And acknowledging that it happens is important so that women can make better decisions right? Not that it's on the woman to make that, like to, to be the only one who can make that proper decision because it's not. No, of course. But typically it's women that end up in these type of situations in comparison to men, right? at least yeah. that we statistically know of, because it is such a silent topic among mm-hmm. men to begin with. Which is also another thing that needs to change because every human being is deserving of justice and absolutely um but the 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 thing about like this whole this whole education piece is like what is the education going to be is it going to be like a 30 minute presentation you have to watch is it going to be like a quiz that you take and i i think that some of the most powerful learning can be hearing stories but i also don't believe that it's on the victim to explain to people why it's wrong because then you're just re-traumatizing the person all over again okay um and and that's where i have so much empathy for what's going on in 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 the black community right now where they're saying like why do i have to explain to you why racism is bad why the decisions that you're making is not okay yeah it's it's like it's I just, I don't know how to do it. How do you do it? And that's the thing, right? Like, is like there, I don't think there really is like a systemic structured way to address this. Like a lot we of this does try. come, of course we do. Of course, of course. But like a lot of this comes from how kids were raised or like what they were taught was okay or what they've been demonstrated to them as being okay. Yeah. Also what organizations have allowed and said that like you're not going to get punished for this we'll just take care of it that's not a solution by telling these young guys that what they did was okay like not saying that they said it was okay but they've demonstrated that it's okay because they were willing to just fork out money to take care of the problem in the first place whereas they really should have been facing criminal charges time in jail and having to go through some sort of education program addresses sexual assault and like also maybe seeing a therapist to work through some of whatever that is. Whatever that is. That whatever is, that is, because I quite frankly don't understand it. I don't think we will ever be able to understand it because we, I would like to say, are good people. You know, Taylor, I see you as a good person. Oh, thanks. I see you as a good person too. 
Sometimes we fly off the handle a little bit and swear a little much, but that's okay. I'm a, I'm sorry if my swearing offends anybody listening. Yeah, same. It's, should I, dare I say that it's the hockey culture that I grew up in? I don't know, but I think, yeah. I think my first swear word was said on the ice. Yeah, that's probably where I started to learn it actually. Yeah. All the screaming parents in the, in the stands. Oh yeah. Oh my God. Well, we don't want to beat a dead horse here, but we do just, you know, we did want to have a conversation about this because like I said, from the get-go, it would have been negligent to not talk about this, to not address the elephant in the room. And of course, to share a little bit of our experience with you guys and to hopefully spark some sort of change conversation in the way that this hockey culture is so deeply ingrained, not just in in Canada, but around the world as well. Um, And yeah, just, you know, we can't stay silent on these subjects. We do need to talk about them and we do need to hold these organizations accountable for their actions and their inactions. Yeah. And uh, to end this off, I will put it in the show notes. The number for the National Sexual Assault Hotline is 1-800-656-HOPE, which is 4673. If you or anyone you know is struggling with sexual assault or any kind of harassment or violence, they have a chat feature that you can call them. Reach out to somebody. If it's not the hotline, reach out to somebody you trust. Don't be afraid to talk about it. Share your story. Seek help wherever you can get it because you're most certainly not alone. Like there are there are people who are there to help and who are ready with whatever you want and i think it's important to to say also that you know what if you if you were in a situation and pressing charges is not something you want to do that's your choice just because you say something does not mean that you're automatically getting launched into a lawsuit if that's what you want to do great people will help you find the resources to do that if that's not what you want to do also totally great it is your choice they're not going to take your choice away from you like someone else did. couldn't have said it better myself Lou now to end the podcast off as always we're going to ask you guys especially on this episode because we do need everybody to be talking about this as it is obviously hot topic in the news right now so hit share on your social platforms tag us on instagram at inside the athletic mind you can also contact lauren and i directly you'll see our handles down in the show notes um but yeah please share 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 this topic cannot be talked about enough right now and we really do need to break the silence of this talk we will see you guys next week